shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. concerning your kingdom. Father Lord, help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to reach the core of what you want to teach and to touch your heart tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me to speak your heart in Jesus' name. Father Lord, I don't even know where to start from. I don't even know the scripture to go to. But I know you have a word for your people. Father, help me in Jesus' name. Father, let me ascend above my own thoughts and let me connect with your thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, help me, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. To break things simply, to make things hard things simple, to make things that are confusing clear in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise all the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I don't even know. Let me see where I can start from. Praise on the Lord. Let's quickly open to First Peter. Praise God. First Peter. First Peter. First Peter. Praise God. First Peter. I'll start. I'll read chapter one. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. I'll read from verse one, chapter one, verse one. Praise all the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Britannia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit. Praise God. Through sanctification of the Spirit. Um, so, um, you will look at this, you think um, many times in the past we have interpreted the scripture as the spirit man. But I'm looking at this capital letter, so it's the Holy Ghost. Uh, so, you will see that it's the sanctification that the Holy Ghost does. Praise God. So, an elect is a man that has been sanctified. Praise God. So, when the Bible says the elect of the Lord, an elect is a man that has gone through the process of sanctification. Actually, the true elect is Christ. Praise God. The real elect is Christ. What is, what is Christ? Let's go there. What is Christ? I, I'm using the word what is Christ because um, many times we've, we've, um, we've uh, what's it called? We've summarized Jesus Christ to be Christ alone. Praise God. Uh, but actually, Christ is a is a stature inside Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Praise God. Christ is a stature inside him. So what is Christ? Christ is a nature. Praise God. Christ is a nature inside Jesus, the Son of God. Praise God. The word Christ actually means chosen one. The one that God has chosen. The one that God has selected. 
The word, that's another word for Christ is the one that God has anointed. Praise God. That's actually Christ. When you say Christ, the one that God has chosen, the one that God has elected, the one that God has anointed. So Christ is actually means the anointed one. Praise God. Praise God. Another word for Christ is Messiah. Praise God. Another word for Christ is called Messiah. Praise God. Uh, now, when you say Messiah, Jesus Christ is more than a Messiah. Praise God. He's more than Messiah. Even though he is the Savior of the world, he is not just Savior of the world, he is God. Praise God. And, you know, we can't just narrow him down to just being a Savior. Praise God. Actually, if you check the Hebrew word of Christ, eh, Christ can mean many things. Someone like Elijah can be a Christ. From the Hebrew word, the real Hebrew word. Do you get it? Because Elijah is one that God anointed. Do you get what I'm saying? So, he can also, and a normal Jew, we call a normal Jew, do you get it? We call someone like Elijah a Christ. A normal Jew, we call someone like Moses a Christ. But there's a difference between a Christ and the Christ. Praise God. There is a deep Christ. Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Messiah. God anointed Moses to save Israelites from a particular thing. Hmm? God anointed Elijah to point Israel to a particular direction. Praise God. But Christ was, was anointed to give the true solution. Praise God. Which is, the true solution is the solution of raising men from the dead. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. Raising men from the dead. Now, the realm of the dead is the realm of a man's... Actually, where death starts from is not just because a man is acting out a, an action that we can now call death. Actually, a man is dead in the realm of his thoughts. Praise God. When a man cannot think the thought of God, he's a dead man. Praise God. That's a dead man. If God cannot communicate his thoughts to him, that's because God cannot reach him. God says this man is dead. Praise God. So a dead man can be working intelligent. He can even be a scientist. But as long as the thought of God cannot transcend into his soul, he's a dead man. As far as God is concerned. Praise God. So, actually, Christ is a technology that God created. Praise God. He's actually the new, the Bible says, a new creator. Praise God. Christ is a new creator. He never existed before. Praise God. Actually, Christ, that nature Christ was created because of sin. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That nature, Christ, was created because of sin. If Adam didn't sin, there won't be need for Christ. Praise God. That nature, called Christ, there won't be need for it. The nature of Christ was created as a technology to sanctify men from sin. Praise God. Because God already had a plan for man before. Praise God. Sin cut short that plan. And put corruption inside man. It's like sin is like a virus. Praise God. That enter into man. And started eating man continuously. Praise God. 
It's just like a virus entered to a computer. It's eating the programs gradually. By the time you take out that virus, eh, you might have to reinstall some programs. Because virus has eaten those programs. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it's a virus. It's eating man. And gradually, gradually, it can fully eat man completely. When they say a man is condemned. Praise God. Hallelujah. When they say a man is totally corrupted. When they say a man has perished. It's because sin has completed the work in him. So, praise God. Praise on the Lord. Sin has completed that work in the soul. So, what God came to intervene in, when, when Christ came, what God intervened is that process of a man perishing. So, you see the scripture, the Bible says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish. It's supposed to, that process is supposed to cut short that process of perishing. In other words, he's in a direction of perishing. He's walking through a direction. He's supposed to turn away from perishing. Praise God. He's supposed to turn away from perishing. And turning away from perishing is now disengaging with, the, with that virus, that nature, that virus, that, um, that, 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 uh, that seed that is disbursing a thought process called sin. Supposed to disengage it and cause a man to start walking in another direction. And the work of a man is in his thoughts. Praise God. For a man to be walking, he must be responding to a thought. So, any what sin does to you is that it disbursts thoughts to you and you agree with the thought. Anytime we agree with those thoughts, we make covenant with those thoughts, it becomes a life to us. Praise God. And anytime we agree with sin, a form of perishing has happened. Because that is a place that God will have to come and war with. That means anywhere, anywhere we have agreed with sin in, praise God, in our heart, if we have agreed with sin somewhere, it means that that area can stand against God when God comes. Praise God. So you see the soul of a man is an entity of a lot of covenants, a lot of agreements. Praise God. And Satan did not just put those agreements there because he just wants man to perish. No, no, no. Satan is against God. And he cannot fight God. So he puts agreements that will fight thoughts of God inside man. So when God wants to reach a man, which is his resting place, praise God, because God actually wants man to be his resting place. When God wants to reach a man, which is his resting place, there are things, there are agreements, covenants inside man that are rising against God. That you, are not, you will not come here. You have a house here. He permitted us inside this place. And he's the only one that can refuse. They tell us to go. Praise God. So the soul has agreed, has a lot of what Satan did to the soul before we got born again is that he put a lot of agreements there. Praise God. How did he do it? How did he do it? He can, you know, even as a child, Satan can just paint a picture in front of you. Eh? Maybe just a simple picture of maybe at the age of 12, you just agreed in your heart, you just concluded in your heart, I can I will never be poor in my life. You just painted that picture of poverty and you made a conclusion that you'll never be poor. Now, God, God doesn't want you to be poor. But he put that picture there because when God wants to lead you in a way that looks as if he will, he will regulate your finances, you, that covenant will resist God. So you see, many times when God brings instructions and something, you, even you want to agree with the instruction of God, but you know something inside you is standing against it. And you cannot even help it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that thing, how I many of us have experienced that thing before? You know that this is God talking to me. 
This is God talking to me. But you know, inside me, there's something standing against this thing. And you can't even help that thing. And sometimes you have to ask for grace. You have to respond to the instructions of God because there's a nature standing against that instruction. Even though you are willing, but there's no ability because there are covenants in the heart. Praise God. So those are the damage that Satan has done over time. Praise God. Damage that Satan has done over time that when God comes, there will be things that will stand against God inside the man. Praise on the Lord. So, many times when we are talking about sanctification, many people have narrowed down sanctification to fornication, adultery, telling lies. It's part of it. Those are fruits of, those are fruits of sin. Sin himself is actually a being. It's a spirit. Sin himself is a spirit that can turn out thoughts. It can lead a man. Praise God. And we know, you know, we have taught here before that when you are saying leading, leading is not literally, most of the time, always say, go that direction, go this direction. Actually, leading first is teaching. Many things is what we are taught that we do. Nobody ever does something without being taught. And you know, the way we, he has done it is that he has put agents of teaching around. Praise God. I can walk into the mall now and somebody does something. If I... I something in my heart likes that thing and agrees with it. I have been taught. Mm-hmm. It will take no time. I will act like it one day. And you'll be wondering, like, how am I behaving like this? That thing was painted many days ago. You didn't know. Do you get? But the soul loved it and picked it up. And because you did not fight this thing, it has found a resting place in the soul. So the day you now behave like you say, ah, when did this one come inside me? No, no. It's not when. It's because. We, 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 we saw those things and we did not actually refuse it. Praise God. So he found the rest of the place. So someone can have you be born again and still be taking the thoughts of Satan. Praise God. And Satan can still be forming him somewhere. Praise God. Hope you understand what I'm saying. Hope you understand it. Praise God. So you will see that um, sanctification, true sanctification of the spirit unto obedience. Praise God. Sanctification of the spirit unto obedience. Like I said, Christ. Christ is that is a is a technology that God created because of sin. Praise God. Let's quickly go to Ephesians chapter chapter two. Uh, praise God. Ephesians chapter two. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh Verse 8, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Praise God. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Praise God. Not of works, lest any man should what? Should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Praise God. So we can see that there's a walk before the foundation of the Before sin introduced himself, there was already a walk. Praise God. But the Bible says something. It said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Praise God. So that means we came short of that work. 
we can't. The once man sinned, he couldn't do that work again. Praise God. Immediately man sinned, he couldn't do that work again. Praise God. So, sorry. <coughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Immediately man sinned, he could not do that work again. So man was cut off from that work. So when God is sanctifying a man, he's sanctifying him to come and do the work that he has already had before. Praise God. So when we say works of God, eh? works of God, until a man is well sanctified, he can, he is not, the capacity to do it properly is not there. Because inside the soul are enemies of God. Praise God. Inside the soul are enemies of God that hate the work of God. So a man, unless the enemies of God have been dispersed from the soul, eh? The work of God is, is not practical to a, normal, to a soul that is not sanctified. Praise God. Because what is, that soul is blind. It's blindness. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. That thing is blind from God's work. That soul is blind from God's work. So they have to heal the blindness to see God's work. Praise God. The real, see, the the real thing that Satan hates, eh? what Satan really hates is opening of your eyes. He knows that once he opens the eye of a man, the works that will overcome him will be done. So he is an enemy of opening of eyes. They call him the covering cast. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. You're welcome. Praise God. You know they call Satan the covering cast. Praise God. So that means it covers a man, it blinds a man from the works of God. That's what Satan does. It blinds a man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Continue. Just sit down, settle down, let's settle down. Satan does what? He blinds a man from the work of God. Praise God. So there's a work that God asked for man from the foundation of the earth. Which Adam was supposed to be doing. Praise God. You can go out your Bible and set it down. Yeah, because I know you don't want to distract me. <laughs> I understand. So bring out your Bible, set it down properly. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, alright. Yeah. And Praise God. Praise on the Lord. So, like I said, we are in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 right now. For by grace are you saved through faith. Praise God. By grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Workmanship. What does it mean? Workmanship is, you know when they say God wants to do a work? Eh? When God wants to do a work? Eh? When God finishes a work? Ah, this is. When, when I, when, maybe I'm an, I'm an artist now and I draw something and it's really nice. They will say, this is Femi's workmanship. Mm-hmm. Praise God, right? Mm-hmm. That means that masterpiece is the, it was done by the hand of Femi. Mm-hmm. So if they say we are his workmanship, that means God wants to build, build us. That he will be able to boast that I'm the one that did this work. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So when they say a man's 
what another version says we are his masterpiece. Right? I know NIV uses the word masterpiece. So what does it mean? This is my best work. So when you see Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, is God's masterpiece. Praise God. So God's masterpiece is that God poured all his accessories inside him. So when you look at Christ, eh, you can't differentiate him from God. Because all that is in God was poured inside Jesus Christ. So in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says, uh, the Bible says, and, uh, and he said, uh, he said, he said, what, what was that scripture again? He was talking about, um, and you are my son, sit down at my right hand. Hmm? Another part of the scripture, he says, thy throne, oh, he was talking, and to the son he said, thy throne, oh God. A God is calling another man a God. Because he poured everything that, that pertains to God inside Jesus Christ, the son of God. Do you get what I'm saying? So at that point, Jesus Christ became God. He was not just a Messiah. Praise God. He became God. Praise God. A God that is under God. Praise God. And Jesus Christ, God now says, so He said, Thou art my priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek. Praise God. So Jesus Christ is not less than God. Do you get what I'm saying? But He didn't get there one day. He grew. Praise God. He grew. Many people, many of us, like I made that mistake in the past, that I found it difficult to believe that uh, Jesus Christ came to earth and had to grow. But you know, it's clearly written in the Bible. But it's just like we didn't see it. It's because just Satan blinded us from that thing. Because he doesn't want us to grow. How many of us have given ourselves excuses before that? I'm not Jesus. So. We wanted to excuse a responsibility. And because we don't know any other way to escape, it's, yeah, it's only Jesus Christ that did that one now. Me, I'm not Jesus. But now that we are seeing the light that Jesus Christ actually had to grow, now we don't have any excuse. In other words, if Jesus Christ grew to be able to carry the responsibility, there's an expectation from us. Praise God. There's an expectation from us to, to grow. Praise God. There's an expectation from us to grow. So, the the, the the attitude of a Christian is to place premium on growth than any other thing in his life. Praise God. When you see the attitude of a Christian, when you look at a Christian, a true Christian, when they say a disciple, eh? a disciple of Jesus, the attitude of a real disciple of Jesus is a, he has placed premium on spiritual maturity. That's a no, that more than works. Praise God. You know, works can be very deceptive. How many of us have been deceived before? But because we are doing so much in church, we just feel like we are grown. Until things hit us. And we react. They will now realize that there are things inside me. It's because many times, works can blind a man. And because he's doing those works well, even though it's just skill. It's not things that only go starting. Those things are just skill, but he's doing it well. You are doing well. You sing well in church. Holy Ghost moves. You get. You are an admin person in church. You know how to create spreadsheet and everything. They will, they will, they will commend you. Praise God. Praise God. By the time you create spreadsheet, pastor will clap for you. Everybody will clap for you. You just you go, you go to bed feeling satisfied. Even if you don't read your Bible, you feel like you have worked for God. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Because works can be blind, can blind. Works can blind you. That's why sometimes people in ministry, we have to be very careful. Because, you know, because God wants to bless his people, sometimes he lets the anointing flow continuously. Even when that man is not really grown. He allows the anointing flow because the life of the people depends on it. So a minister can be deceived that he's still intact. But he's just riding on the mercy of God towards the people. That's why someone like me, I have to be careful. No matter how much I preach, <laughs> I have to open my Bible. Let me tell you something. The way me I listen to message, eh? I listen to message like let me let me just let you talk about these things. The way I listen to message now is I put my tablet in front of me or put on TV and I open the Bible as if I'm in the meeting. Praise God. You know why? As much as I'm preaching, eh, my growth is more important than preaching. I just don't want to preach. I just don't want to preach. I want to bear the nature of what I'm hearing. Do you know where that thing, where the authority of the ministration comes from is from the nature of the message that has been built inside. I don't have authority over a spirit that I don't have a nature above. If I have not grown above malice, I might preach against malice in you, you might not overcome it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not carrying the authority higher than malice inside me. So even when I'm speaking against malice, malice know that this man is under me. Yeah, Jesus. I have control by him. So no matter how much he preaches against me, I still have control. He, he, he would, malice will look at, the spirit of malice will look at the mass pastor and say, this one, you are still going to keep malice tomorrow. No matter how much you preach against me. Do you get what I'm saying? So many times you see that a man of God must be arising in stature eh? above to gain authority over spirits. So when he speaks over the people, natures are being disbusted, are being broken. Bonds of wickedness are being broken. That's authority. That's why he says some things I can't preach even though I know them. The reason why I can't preach them eh, is because I don't have authority to say that. Wow. So you see, Reverend, say some things. If I come and say it here, even all of you, you won't, it might not resonate with you. But Reverend will say it, everybody will say, mm. I will say it, everybody will look at me, what is this saying? The reason is why I don't have authority for that thing. So I have to grow in authority to preach some things. So growing in authority would mean you're growing in nature. In the nature. Actually, nature is authority. You, you don't know. Me, eh, I, what I'm saying is that you can't... What does it mean to be a teacher? Let me ask you a question. What does it mean to be a teacher? Many of the time when we say a teacher, we think it's people that teach. Check the entire Bible. A teacher is a man that has a mannerism. 
a real teacher, a real teacher is your life. So if you check the book of Hebrews, was telling the Hebrew church that when you ought to be teachers, are they all ministers? Are they all ministers? They are not all ministers, but he said when you ought to be teachers, eh, you have me, me that I need to, I, I, I teach you milk. Do you get what I'm saying? You have a need of milk when you ought to be teachers. The entire Hebrew church is not a teacher. They are not all teachers. They are not all ministers. That, that's a church. Do you get it? But he said they ought to be teachers. In other words, there's a lifestyle I'm expecting from you that should pattern a life. That should be patterning a life. Do you get what I'm saying? Praise God. That there's a lifestyle I'm expecting for you that should be patterning like that's the real statue of a teacher. Praise God. Now, because a man has that statue doesn't mean he has even been called to ministry. But you know you can learn from his life. You know you can learn from that life. You will see mannerisms and you will learn from it. Praise God. Now, a minister can be operating under anointing. Do you get what I'm saying? And preach a good message. But check a minister that has statue. The, the, you will see the difference in the congregation. Do you get what I'm saying? You will see that difference in the congregation. That this one, this one has, this one has authority. That's why you will see the character of what is preaching in the people. It will play out. It will play out. So when Jesus Christ will teach people, you will see them. Even though many of them were not born again, they were not born again. But you see that immediately the Holy Ghost came upon them, they just played out those characters. Why? There was authority on Jesus. Am I saying all these things? I was talking about there was authority on Jesus. Authority. So what am I saying? I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, okay, yeah, start dreaming to be a minister. I'm saying this thing because what brings you higher than a spirit is a nature that you have, been ra- you have been raised by. And nature does not just come in one day. It comes by teaching and obeying the teaching. Because for you to obey teaching, you must have resisted pulls and seductions. Right? You must have resisted what? Pools and seduction. A spirit will have tempted you, you will have said no to that spirit several times. For you to not get to that point that you now say, ah, I have risen above this spirit. Let's say you have a problem with malice. Eh? A spirit will have tempted you, don't talk to this girl. But because you have gone, gained a light concerning what, how, how much malice can damage you, you decide to go and give the same person that you, have, you are keeping malice with, you go and give the person a hug. It's painful at the beginning. Painful, painful. But you still do it. The second time, Holy Ghost tell you, go and hug that person again. It's still painful. It time will come. If you do it over and over again, you do it with joy. You have risen above it. A time will come. That temptation of malice might not have any pull against you again. Because now, because you have trained and exercised your soul against malice, you have gained stature above malice. Now, you have authority above malice. So, authority is that capacity to actually resist a spirit. Praise God. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given unto me. It's not because they anointed him. It's because of his stature. 
Press God. It's because of Jesus' stature that all authority on heaven and on earth has been given. So how do you do it? How does that come? It's by growth. So, like I said, a normal Christian, when you say normal Christian, places premium. Premium on maturity. He values maturity than any other thing in the world. A real Christian is ready to, a true Christian that is being raised is ready to lose anything to grow spiritually. Actually, do you know that when I'm saying lose anything, it's not really that you are really losing. Because those things that you even think you have gained, eh? if God wants you to lose something, that thing was never for you. For the fact that God is fighting that thing inside you, it was Satan that gave it to you. Check it. God will not fight what he gave you. Praise God. The fact that God is fighting that thing, eh? check it. For God to narrow down to something and fight it, eh? there's high tendency. Or either Satan gave you, or Satan has corrupted it in your heart. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. So you see some people, eh? God will have to shut them down for a while. After they get born again. Praise God. Why is God shutting them down? Because... Let me, let me say two things. I'm saying a lot tonight, but don't worry. We'll learn somewhere. There are two things why God has to shut a man down. Sometimes, God knows that if he instructs you concerning that thing, you might actually walk away from him. So, at the beginning, he might not instruct you. What he will do is that he might just shut it down. There's one thing about it. At least, if you are not feeding the thing, if you are not, if you are not ready to fight the thing, at least you should not be feeding the thing. Because as you are, anytime you do it, you are feeding it. And anytime you feed it, you are strengthening it. So, first thing that God refers to, God might just first take you away from the environment of that thing first. So that at least, if you are not even worrying against it, at least you are not feeding it. Right? Because once you feed it, and how do you feed it? By doing it. It gaining strength over you. It gains more strength over you. It gains more strength over you as you do it. So you see that how we gain strength in the spirit. Praise God. How we gain strength in the spirit is by exercising the soul in obedience. Praise God. How we gain strength in the spirit is by exercising the soul in obedience. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise on the Lord. Hallelujah. So, like I said, there's a work that God had from the beginning that because sin came inside, we fell short of that work. We became blind to that work. So, Christ, like I said, is a technology. If Adam didn't, didn't sin, would there be a need for Christ? Don't be need for because Christ is. Um, let us open to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. We'll see what Christ is. The Bible says Christ is a new man, right? Let's no, open to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's a new man, new creature. He never existed before. Praise God. Christ is not... People, people always say that um, Christ is 
is Adam's stature. The Bible never said that. Eh? Do you get? God calls Adam um, what? The first, the first Adam. They call Jesus the last Adam. Do you get what I'm saying? Aha. Do you get what I'm saying? So, Christ himself, Christ as a nature, is an antidote to sin. Praise God. God, that's, that's why we can have Antichrist. Praise God. That's why we can have Antichrist. Eh? Who created Antichrist? It's Satan. Right? Satan created Antichrist. What is the job of Antichrist? To fight the formation of Christ. Because the formation of Christ is the true sanctification of a man. Once Christ is formed in a man, the man is actually sanctified. Praise God. I said at the beginning of this ministration, I said, what is Christ? You know, that word can be very uh, controversial, that what is Christ? But we all know that Christ is the new man. Praise God. But the meaning of Christ in itself eh, is the one God anointed. First, another word for Christ is the Messiah. Another word for Christ is the chosen one. The one God has chosen. What has God chosen him for? To come and do his work. Another one word for Christ is the elect of God. Why did God elect him? God has done a work inside him. And God has seen that this one is capable of carrying out my works. So he chose him. So the Bible says many are called. Few are chosen. Those ones that they have chosen are the ones that have been sanctified. And we will see it in the scripture. Praise God. We are going there. Praise God. So God will choose a man that he has sanctified to come and do his work. The reason why it's only a sanctified man that God can choose is because an unsanctified man has enmity against God. So he will fight the works of God inside him. Praise God. Wait, what did I say? An unsanctified man has enmity against God. That enmity is called the carnal mind. Praise God. The Bible says the carnal mind is enmity against God. That means when God wants to reach a man, there is a kind of mind that stands against God. It's called the carnal mind. So they have to heal a man of carnality so that when the works of God are coming, eh? I'm not talking about you hearing, you know, we are, we are, we are actually, when we are talking everlasting works, everlasting works, that's actually the work of God. Because we are talking it, it doesn't mean we are already doing it. Do you get what I'm saying? There's a difference between talking it and doing it. Do you get? Now they are introducing it to us so that when that time comes, we have works already, templates for works already there. Do you get? That's the reason for revelation. Because they gave you revelation doesn't mean you are really obeying that revelation at that point. But when it's time to obey the revelation, you already have a template because knowledge has been given. Right? So that's why we should not get excited that because we are hearing the revelation, we feel like we have actually attained the stature. You go wound. <laughs> Praise God. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Because I've, because you know I can be hearing revelation. You know sometimes when everyone is talking, and by the time he sees some revelation, normally I always I talk to myself that you know this this thing that everyone say you are not there yet. There are some things he will say I will just tell myself right there and there. Hear me. 
you are not there yet, you are getting there, and just walk and take your time. You will get there one day. There's a reason why I'm doing that. I can just, because I'm, I'm being taught, I can just assume that, yes, I've attained it. Until the spirit that are in charge of that thing narrow down you. Then you will now know if you truly have the stature to resist them or not resist them. You know, one of the 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 true safety place as a Christian is to fly under the radar. Don't seek to be seen. Don't seek manifestation. If Holy Ghost put manifestation on you eh, and you express, do you know what? He is there to cover you. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid for some young Christians that just want to express gift of the Spirit. Do you get And they want to force gift of the Spirit. The Bible even said it. He said, the Holy Ghost gives it at will. So, you can prophesy today, tomorrow you might not prophesy. Be comfortable with it. It's okay. If the Spirit of prophecy does not land on you, why do you want to prophesy? Praise God. Because you can be in a place where prophecy has become competition. This one, prophesy tomorrow. That one too, prophesy today. Ah, when will I prophesy my own? The day prophecy did not land on you because I want to start prophesy. Another one will prophesy. Let me to two conjure my own. Praise God. You know, you know, thank God for this our place now. Many of us, this that that prophetic thing just rests on us, you know, it's just common in our means. It's just common in our means. But you know, even with that prophetic thing, jealousy, the devil can actually start triggering jealousy. Yes, jealousy. Sir. Yes, sir. Praise God. He can start triggering jealousy mm-hmm. in the midst of people. Mm-hmm. And those are natures. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Those are natures inside man. You know there are some people, all those 11th hour Christians, people have been there for the past five years. They did not prophesy. You did not came one year ago. Mm-hmm. You now start prophesying. Yeah. And everybody will just be suspecting. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. You don't be. Praise God. And instead of brethren to celebrate the person, you start hearing comments that they don't have gifts, they don't have they don't have character. You just can I be very sincere with you? Can I be saying many times I've noticed many things, eh? I've noticed many things. Only God deliberately does that thing. Praise God. Sometimes Holy Ghost just decides that thing. Just sometimes it's just consolation for some people because, because of what they have gone through. Yeah. Holy Ghost just does them to console them. Wow. Do you get what I'm saying? The person can still be struggling, but God, Holy Ghost just does them with that thing. The reason why people, you know, some people have just gone through a lot, and Holy Ghost is just looking for one consolation for them. Let me give this one gift of interpretation of tongues, mm-hmm. and you'll be interpreting tongues. You know, one thing is an encouragement to the soul somewhere. It's an encouragement to the soul somewhere. Mm-hmm. That soul has been encouraged. He can now say, ah, me too, I can journey in spiritual things. Mm-hmm. The Holy Ghost didn't make fit to actually give me this kind of gift. He cares about me. Holy Ghost is very, is very wise. He knows where to reach you. He knows how to come down to you. You know? He's a very wise, he's a very wise spirit. He's God, he doesn't say the spirit of God, the only wise God. He knows where to reach us. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But you know, even that same thing, can actually cause trouble among brethren. Praise God. You know, maybe somebody that is always uh, that knows how to interpret tongues just make one mistake. Ah! And, they, and they interpret tongues. Uh, and they interpret tongues. 
That thing is sin that says those things there. Because number one, you are supposed to say, ah, this person that interprets tongues is falling into this kind of sin. Can we pray for her? Because there's grace on her. That grace should not waste. That's the way we should see it. Not that we will not be condemning the person that you interpret tongues now and you are giving, and you are, and you are, and you are, maybe the person fell into fornication. And they will interpret tongues. What you are supposed to do, first thing is that you should rise up beside you and say, ah, this person that has so much grace, let's pray for her. Because there's grace on this person, it must not waste. That's actually what brethren do. That's love. That's actually that's actually the love among brethren. That we, we lift each other up. He said, those that let those who are strong among you lift those who are weak up. Praise God. Do you get what I'm saying? But you know, sin inside us can give interpretation to holy things. Can give wrong interpretation to things that are holy. Do you get what I'm saying? I can, I can, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can correct somebody in a very stern way right now. And by the time I, that's why sometimes I know who to actually correct sternly and who to actually be gentle with. The reason is because the devil can blackmail me. I correct somebody sternly, eh? in a very stern way. Instead of the person to actually feel like, ah, this man really cares about me, that's why he's correcting me like this. Devil can just come and say, this guy does not care about you. How can he be talking to you like that? You know what so the same statement that is supposed to heal the soul is doing more damage to the soul. Praise God. So that's that's actually that's the way souls are. That's why you know that's why ministers of the gospel, there are some people they can just correct straightforward, and there are some people they will go through route and route and route. It's because by the, by the, the way Holy Ghost is saying it, he's showing the person, he's telling you if you correct this one sternly in a very stern way, you might not see him in church tomorrow. <laughs> so you better be gentle with it, walk in love. Do you guys say? Have you seen pastors apologize to congregation before? To a church member before? Apologize and we are sorry. We are this. We are that. Praise God. Why are they apologizing to you? They know where the state of the heart is. And they don't want to lose you. That same person, maybe a year after that person grows, they will not apologize again. When they correct you, they will tell you that you need to grow. Because they now know where your soul is. And they know that at this point, I don't need to apologize to you. You have learned, you have grown, you know what is right. Do you get what I'm saying? But that same soul, a year ago, they might not correct that person that way because of the state of the soul. So you see, the soul is so vast. When they say, what sin has done to the soul? Eh? Soul has, the sin has made the soul so intelligent that even spiritual things, eh? the soul can, misinter- can interpret it and fight against spiritual things. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. The soul, the soul can fight against spiritual things. Praise God. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. Praise on the Lord. Praise God. So where, where was I coming from? I said, I, I said, the way soul gains stature or gains nature is by is by is by is by responding in obedience. Praise God. Because when a man responds in obedience, he's actually resisting seductive spirits that are pulling the soul away from God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. Let's go back to Hospital chapter 1. Let's quickly go back to Hospital chapter 1. Praise the Lord. I hope we are understanding. I hope I'm not talking too fast. Okay, praise God. I really want us to gain where 
Praise Lord. So, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father true sanctification, the Father true sanctification unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Praise God. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and faded not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God. What's the power of God? The Bible says Christ is the power of God. Praise God. Christ is the power of God, right? Let's quickly open. I said we should open to 1 Corinthians 1 30, chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Let's quickly open there. Um, Praise, can you read that for us, please? Thank you very much. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. Yeah. Um, But of him you are in Christ Jesus. Of him you are what? In Christ Jesus. Uh Who became for us wisdom from Mm -hmm. God. Wisdom from God. Bible says Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. So he became wisdom for us. How many of us know that? Please just stay there. How many of us know that sin is a wisdom? When Eve ate the fruits of knowledge of God, he said, the is a, he said, his feet is good for the eye and able to make one wise. Right? He's what? Able to what? Make one wise. So sin is a wisdom. Eh? Sin is a wisdom. So that's why when God comes, we have arguments against God because we have a wisdom already residing inside us. Praise God. That's why we have arguments. How many of you have argued with Holy Ghost before? Where those arguments, those arguments, where did they come from? They are not coming from outside. They are coming from inside. Those arguments, that means we, have, we, have, we don't even know how much arguments we have in our hearts because we don't know how many covenants or how many agreements we have made in our soul? Praise God. Hallelujah. We don't know how many agreements we have made in our soul. We don't know how many oaths we are taking. So people are taking oaths. Ah, let's let's let, let's go further. You know, some people are taking oath by twenty-five. I must marry. In their heart, in their heart. So so even. Maybe at 24, they were in a relationship and only goes to them. Hey. You can say. You can say. Maybe, you can say. Oh. Against the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Praise God. 
You know, I'm a young adult pastor, so I, I have an example of relationship a lot to use for. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God the Lord. Praise God. Now, arguments will come up. Because covenants are in the soul. Covenants are already in the soul. Commitments have been made in the soul. Commitments have been made in the soul. So when God comes against those commitments, something happens. Those covenants rise against God. The reason why Satan put that covenant there in the first place is when God, he knows God will come. Praise God. Satan knows that God will come. So, one thing that happens is that something that happens is that because he knows that God will come, he has put a lot of covenants in the heart. Because you know what this, the heart of man is? It's actually the resting place of God. So when God is looking for a resting place, because of the covenant, because how does God rest in the heart? Is by making covenants with men too. He said, I will write my laws upon their heart and upon their mind. He said, this, this is not like the covenant I made in the past, but the new covenant will I make with them. Praise God. A new command will I make with them. Praise God. He said, I will write my laws upon their heart and upon their mind. Do you get it? Praise God. So, God comes by making covenants. Satan resides in the soul by making covenants with the soul too. By making agreements. He will paint pictures in your head. He will paint a future before you and make you pant after that future. Praise God. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. He will make you pant after that future. Because he has painted that future in front of you. Eh? He can just... You have agreed with it. You have agreed with that future. You have agreed with it. You have concluded in your heart. You have even seen yourself. In fact, somewhere in your heart, you have already, you have already seen yourself. You have saved towards it. You have done that thing. And when God now comes for it, praise God. When God comes for it, something happens to you. You have... Because of that covenant, you have a lot of... A lot of argument against what the Lord is bringing. Praise God. So actually, many times, many times, when God comes, his mindset is come and break agreements. Isaiah 28. He said we have made agreements with hell and death. Praise God. What does he come to do? He comes to break, break what? Agreements. Break agreements in the soul. The reason why a man can actually <laughs> praise God. The way the reason why a man can actually be, be fighting against God, eh, is because. Something that he has had before and he has run his life by that has profited him over time yeah, is about to be taken away from him. Praise God. Let me give you an example. All your life, the way you have learned to keep your reputation is by when people when people say something wrong about you, you have to defend yourself. And sometimes you have to be violent about it. That's how you have kept your reputation over years. And Holy Ghost is now coming to you and telling you the next the next thing the time this thing happens, don't talk. Number one, your reputation is at stake. 
Because you have a standard for yourself. Have you heard of something that every man should have is a self-pride somewhere? Have you ever heard of something before? I have a, you know, every human being, you, every Buddhist should have one pride. Have, have you heard that statement before? Yes, sir. Okay, you, even you have said it before, right? Yes, <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God the Lord. Now, God is coming for that pride. That self-pride that has been protecting you. Wow. That has been, that pride that has been protecting you over time. Holy Ghost is coming for it. So one of those things is that he will let those things happen. It's not God that does it. It's the devil that does it too. But he allows it. He will take advantage of that situation. He will look at you. Don't talk. <laughs> and maybe sometimes your image is being tarnished. Not just, you know, maybe among the, let's say our church now. Among the church, your image is being tarnished. It doesn't, it's not going far. You know? But by the time you start entering your alias like your friends outside church, Areas where you don't want your news to get to. Mm. Some people are already hearing about you and saying that, ah, this person did this, this person did that thing. Something is happening. You start arguing, and say, you start, even when Holy Ghost says you should not talk, you say, ah, Holy Ghost, if I don't talk, if I don't talk, this news will go far, and people will think this way I am. Mm. Let me just explain myself. Mm. I won't fight. I promise I will, I will not fight. I will not fight. I just want to explain myself. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Now, do you know that many times when you try to explain yourself, that's why you explain yourself that you not tarnish the other person's image. There's no, there's no way you do it. Check it. There's no way you will protect yourself without bringing out that person less. And scripture says, esteem others above thyself. So sometimes, praise God. Praise God. So sometimes, only God wants you to obey that thing. Number one, anything God wants you to, you know sometimes when you obey that thing and you rise above it, next time somebody will talk about you, you just eat like that one is not new now. Now, something that has happened with you is that, number one, the way that thing will affect your emotions and disrupt your fellowship is no longer affecting your emotions and disrupting fellowship. Do you get what I'm saying? But before you overcame it, something is happening. You wake up in the midnight and the only thing you are thinking about is, ah, people are tarnishing my image. When you are supposed to be praying. So you see that when Satan brings those things, eh, is to disrupt fellowship. Praise God. It's to what? Disrupt fellowship. But when you rise above it, when Satan comes, even though the thing is there, fellowship is still intact. Praise God. That means you have risen above that thing. Praise God. So those are natures in the soul that looks very legitimate, but they're actually evil. There are natures in the soul that are legitimate to a natural man. When you explain that thing to them, you pass. Before God, you are falling short. (laughs) 
Praise God. Before man, you pass. Before God, you are falling short. Now, let me, let me give... No, 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 no. no. Let's, let's give an example of Jesus. Let's give an example of Jesus. I'll give two examples. At the, in the wilderness, turning stone to bread is not a problem for Jesus. He, already, he did more than turning stone to bread. He fed 5,000 multiplying bread. So, turning stone to bread is not the same. So, if Jesus Christ should, should turn that stone to bread and he goes out and tell people that he was hungry and he turned turn stone to bread, people will clap for him. You have done well. Wow. You are the true Messiah. But before God, because it was, because it was iniquity that suggested that thing to him, he had to disobey it. So, even some things that look right, if it is sin that brings it, and that's why the Bible talks about how to discern between good and evil. You have to exercise to discern between good and evil. Do you get Praise God. Because it is sin that brought that thing to him. Eh? If he had done it, he would have disobeyed God. Praise God. Now, let's look at another one that Jesus Christ. Is it normal for someone to slap you? And no, that, no, no, don't do that. That one is very far. It's everlasting commandment. <laughs> <laughs> that one is still everlasting. Don't the other cheek is still. To, is it normal to walk away? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about walk away and say, ah, if you try that next try time. <laughs> I've even seen some people. You know that one is even good. I'll leave you this time. It's good. Some people will even tell you that if, if like five years ago, before I got born again, you try this with me. <laughs> Do you know what I'll have done to you? But because I'm born again now, because I'm born again now, I will not do it. You know what? You still, you still, you still respect that life more than the life of Christ. It's because you still, you still have some form of respect for that life. More than the one that Christ is prescribing. The only difference is that maybe sometimes you don't even do it because of if my pastor should hear this, what will happen? Mm. Not really that you don't know how to slap them because in your heart you slap the person. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty slap. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not normal it, to a natural man, to a normal worldly man, a normal man. Even to some Christians, it's not abnormal. Even though it's clearly written in the scripture. Yes. Yes. You see some Christian, you've not seen a Christian that will quote scripture for you that even Jesus Christ used whip to beat people in the temple. <laughs> you know, so sometimes it's necessary to do it. He said, he said, and they will quote scriptures that like wisdom is profitable to direct. You don't let people trample on you anyhow. You are not anybody's footman. Those are, those, are, those are instructions of sin. Can meekness, the spirit of meekness, tell you that? <laughs> no, no, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just extract the spirit of meekness. Can spirit of meekness 
instruct you like that. It can never. So obviously, it's not things. It's not a, a, a fruit of the spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? But because of covenants of the soul, because of how we have journeyed over time, we have been led by the spirit, we have been taught by evil spirits over time. Yeah? Some things have become some things that were abnormal to Adam have become normal to us. So actually, many times when they are coming to, that's why you see Holy Ghost. Many times it does not come in a very blunt way. Holy Ghost, sometimes Holy Ghost, many times, most of the time, especially when we are still in the milk level, or sometimes even in Christ, when we are learning Christ, the meat of the world, it sometimes doesn't come in a very blunt way. Sometimes it comes like, like a man that is wooing a woman. Why don't you see from this perspective? And you know this message you listened to yesterday also talked about this kind of thing. Why don't you see it in this certain way? There's something that Holy Ghost is doing. Holy Ghost is trying to make you to, to, to talk the soul into seeing the profit of that instruction. Because the real when your eye is opened, the real time your eye is opened is when you start seeing the profit of a conversation. That's actually when really, really your eyes have been opened. Do you get? That's really, really when your eyes have been opened. You are beginning to see the profit of a conversation. Do you get what I'm saying? Aha. So Holy Ghost, what Holy Ghost does is that he wants you to see the profit of that conversation that your spirit man is bringing to the soul. Praise God. Because do you know that the real you is spirit. The real you is spirit, right? Hope you understand that. Praise God. The real you is spirit. Eh? He said, he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. Right? Even man being a new, uh, is a new uh, being Christ is a new creature. That your spirit is your real you. The soul. Praise God. Let me just teach this. If this is where I end, that's fine. The soul is an organ. Is an organ that the spirit uses to express his life through the body. Right? Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. I want to be very practical. I still have some time. Let's say I want to control a machine through a computer. Eh? I want to control a machine through a computer. So I have this computer in front of me, but the machine is outside. Eh? Who is the real instructor of that machine? Me. Me, right? Because I'm the one that really, really, I'm the one controlling that machine. Eh? The real controller of that machine is me. But the only thing is that I'm giving the computer instruction to tell the machine what to do. Hmm? So the real you, eh? Is spirit. Eh? Your soul is like the software that runs this body the hard way. Do you get it? Do you get what I'm saying? Aha. So, one thing that happened is that immediately the spirit died. Eh? 
the soul, Satan had access to the soul. Sin was pushed inside the soul. You said, you get what I'm saying? What is virus I call sin at the beginning? I call sin a virus. Praise God. Now, let's now assume that this computer, hmm? this computer here, a virus has entered. Hmm? By the time I put go in the in the computer, the computer might tell the hardware, come. Why? Because there's already a virus in that computer. Do you get it? But me, I'm telling the computer the right thing. But because of the virus in the computer, is giving the hardware a wrong information. Do you get it? That's like the way the, the problem of the spirit, the soul and the body is. You were quickened, which is the spirit. The spirit is holy. The spirit knows all things. The spirit is right. The spirit actually is holy. He has holy instructions. The spirit of man has all the fruit of the spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? Has patience, long-suffering, endurance, all the meekness, everything. Your spirit man has it. Do you get it? But the soul, the soul, because of the journey of the soul that sin has done to the soul and how corrupted the soul has become, eh? when the spirit man is instructing the soul, eh? the soul has information that can argue with the thoughts, with the things that the spirit man is bringing. Do you get it? So sometimes you know what is right, but you can't just do what is right. So you see Paul saying something in Romans chapter 7. He said, those things I will to do, I find it difficult to do them. It's those things I don't want to do that I end up doing. Because even though the spirit man is sending the right information to the soul, the soul, because of the corruption in the soul, another information is being carried out, which is the information of disobedience. Praise God. So, when we say Christ, your spirit man is Christ. Do you know that? Do you guys know Romans chapter 6 said, he said we are baptized into Christ. Do you guys know what Actually, your spirit man is Christ. He said, we are baptized into one baptism. Do you get what I'm saying? He said, when you were, you were dead in Christ, we are also risen with him. Right? So your spirit man is Christ. Now, your spirit man is saying things to the soul, and the soul has arguments against what the spirit man is saying. The job of the Holy Ghost then is to actually seduce the soul to agree. With the spirit man. When the soul is agreeing with what the spirit man is saying, he's resisting the pool of covenants and agreement that are already in the soul. That's how we overcome the darkness in the soul. Praise God. By actually going against what the soul has been taught before. Do you get what I'm saying? So when we say obedience, when we say obedience, Obedience is actually yielding to your spirit. First of all, yielding. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Let's quickly go there. Galatians 5 Yeah. Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill 
Praise God. Walk what? In the spirit. And you know what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Praise God. You walk in the spirit to not fulfill the lust of That means obey the spirit. Eh? And you will naturally disobey the flesh. Do you get what I'm saying? So sometimes you know what is right to do in your spirit, man, which is the real you. But the soul, because of covenants, like I was saying, that he has caught with hell and death, with sin, praise God, he has arguments against what the spirit man is saying. So Holy Ghost, what Holy Ghost does many times is that spirit that now starts coming to you and say, why don't you just... Sometimes you have to bring lots of revelations. You will bring lots and lots of revelations to you and bring revelations to you and bring revelations to you and bring revelations to you. Why is he bringing those revelations to you? He wants you to see the profit of the instructions the spirit man is bringing. When you yield and you yield over time, the time comes, the pool of that thing snaps. You have overcome. Praise God. You have what? Overcome. That's why, like I said at the beginning, I said, a real Christian, a true Christian that really wants to follow God will place premium on spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is not because you are just listening to messages. That is the beginning. Or you are praying. Spiritual growth is that you will place, when the life is presented, eh, you place premium on actually living out the life. So when you say you are worrying, to be very sincere, you pray to gain strength to walk in obedience. When you are praying, one thing you are generating inside you is strength. Eh? That when Satan comes to tempt you, you have strength to resist temptation. Praise God. And that's why prayer is not effective without the word. Because you must have word, word inside you to pray with. Praise God. You must have word inside us. We must have words inside us to pray with. When we are praying with the word, the word is coming enlightened inside us. It's radiating through the soul. The time will come when the devil brings temptation, there will be a standard that will rise against that temptation. When standard comes and you you will work against what the what sin or flesh is presenting, the time will come as we continue to exercise in that, something happens to you. That temptation becomes nothing. Praise God. That temptation does what? It becomes nothing. Why has it become nothing? Praise God. Because now, because you have stabbed it, you have stabbed that thing, because that thing has been stabbed, it doesn't have strength against you again. Normally, by doing it, you are feeding it. But now, by not doing it, you are starving it. The time will come, you will lose its strength. They will not say that we have overcome. Praise God. Hope oh, we have gained something here today. Praise God. Praise God the Lord. So you see, let's quickly, I will now close, I will close here now. Praise God. Praise God the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So when the Bible is talking about salvation of the soul, you see where God is going. Praise God. Praise God. When the Bible is talking about salvation of the soul, you will see where God is going. 
Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, we thank you. Praise God. Praise God, the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Give praise to your name. Say thank you. Congratulations be to you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. So, the attitude of a Christian, praise God, when infirmity is exposed, huh? when God exposes infirmities to us, one thing we should be, we should, we should, we should do is, we should pray for strength. The reason why it was exposed is because they wanted to fight it. It's not all the infirmity they, they are exposed to you as once. Praise God. So every season, in every season, an infirmity is being exposed. They want you to war against that infirmity. You know, in as a younger Christian, we will teach you that don't focus on the sin. Just focus on righteousness. By the time you start maturing, they will start narrowing you down to some things. See this one in this season for the next few weeks. I want we want you to deal with this thing. So even when you are praying, they will remind you. They will remind you. Pray about this thing. Pray about this thing. The reason is because that thing is disturbing the work in that season. So if that thing is still there in that season, a work might not be done. So by they are narrowing down to an infirmity, it will be good that we place premium. On overcoming that thing in that season. Sometimes people just say, I'm not. You know, we give excuse to ourselves, I'm not there yet. I know that what the Holy Ghost is saying, but you know, I'm not there yet. I'm, you know, we, we lie to ourselves, I'm asking God for strength. Even really, really, we are not really, we are not really, we are not really interested in, we are not interested, <laughs> we are not interested in letting go of that thing. Praise God. Really, really, we are not interested in going so. So maybe I come and ask you, so what are you doing about it? I'm asking God for strength. But are you really asking God for strength? Praise God. Are we really asking for us? Something that is happening is that when God, God, in a season in our life, the Lord will just narrow down to the darkness. He'll just expose the darkness to us. You never knew you had it before. Maybe it's even something you've been doing over and over again. And you never knew you had it. But you've been doing it. If that will just come, they will just minister to you that ah, this thing is bad. Something just happened. They opened your eyes to that thing. Anytime they open our eyes to those things like that, they want it to go. They did not just open your eyes. God is not a talkative. When God is talking about something, there's a reason for it. When God is narrowing down to a thing, there's a reason for it. He's not a talkative. Do you get it? Praise God. Praise God the Lord. Praise God. So there's a reason in every season. And that's why I believe that growth can be measured. Obviously, I can't be measuring your own growth. Unless the Lord makes me discern it. But you can measure growth. To a large extent. You can tell that there's something, there's an infirmity I had before. And you can weigh your life and look at it that this thing is no longer there again. It can happen. It's actually a good attitude of growth. 
Do you get what I'm saying? It's, a good, it's just like a businessman. Oh, my business was like this before. Now it has expanded. You count things that have been added, right? The same way growth is. You can easily tell things that were there before and you know that they are no longer there again. Do you get what I'm saying? It's actually a healthy way to measure. You can measure those things and say, ah, I've changed. Praise God. Even sometimes, the only goes to bring it to your reminder. That you notice that you've been doing this thing before, you don't do it again. Why is it bringing it to your reminder? It's an encouragement somewhere. That growth is actually a reality. Growth is a reality. Praise God. So we can actually see the reality of growth. We can see the reality of growth. It's very possible to see the reality of growth. Praise God. It's possible to see the practicality of growth. Does anyone understand what I'm saying? You can actually see the practicality of growth because you can you can count your blessings. You can count things that have been that have been that have been laid down. You can see some things that ah I, I used to have this thing, but I don't have it anymore. You can count your cost. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Are we being blessed? Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. You know what? Let me just jump. Praise God. Let me just jump. Uh, chapter 4, verse 17. Where are you going? Help me now. I say, therefore, and testifying the Lord that you, sh- you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Praise God. So, just stay there, please. Stay there. You should not walk as the rest of what the Gentiles walk. Now, continue. How, what, what, what is informing their work? Check it. The futility of their mind. The futility. Futility. Under King James says the vanity. So what is informing their work is a spirit called vanity. Praise God. So man is not... man. We don't own our thoughts. We don't... No man owns his thoughts. Every man's thoughts is coming from somewhere. You don't own your thoughts. What is informing the thought is something called the vanity of the mind. The mind has been trained with a spirit by a spirit called vanity or futility. Praise God. How many of us know that what the devil is presenting to us, if you present it to the devil, you will not take it? Let me give you an example. Can you tell the devil? That ah Satan come and become the governor, the the premier, premier of Abata. Can you tell Satan? What will it what will it tell you? Now what kind of nonsense is that? <laughs> but that's the same thing that people are dying to become. So the devil can actually put that dream in somebody's head. And we when they tell him that come, come and come and serve God, come and serve God, all he's thinking in his head is how to become the premier of Abata. Eh? He cannot obey God. Eh? That premier of Abata is a promise to him. 
Satan gave it to him. Do you get it? But the same thing that Satan gave to that man, if they offer it to Satan, Satan will tell you that it's rubbish. So you know that what Satan is going for is more than what we are seeking. Whatever is offering. What Satan wants is more than whatever is offering to us. It's more than what is offering to us. What, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What is Satan looking for? He's looking for his soul. Why, why, why? Let's, let's stop. Why, why do you think Satan is looking for his soul? The same way God is looking for a resting place, Satan is looking for a resting place. Because it cannot have full dominion except it rests in a man. The same way God wants to have full expression. Do you get Satan too wants to have that expression. So, what's the battle between Satan and God? The battle is battle for souls. Praise God. God wants to reside in the soul. Satan wants the soul to perish. So that he can reside in that. Satan wants to become, wants the soul to become his home. The same way God wants the soul to become his own. Praise God. Come and make my heart your home. The same way some people are singing it to God. There are some people. There are some people that value Satan residing in them. Yeah. You check it in the book of Revelation. Some people, they, the Bible says that they worshipped the image. Praise God. Check the scripture. They did not force them to worship that image. They were not forced to do it. They actually agreed to worship. Praise God. They agreed. They loved what they saw. And they decided... What does it mean to worship? It's not that they are bowing before the image. You need to check the book of Revelation, please. Don't give literal meaning. The life that that image is presenting, they committed to it. They committed to the life that that image was presenting. Praise God. That's what it means to worship. Actually, the real word for worship is tada, to walk. That's actually the real Greek meaning for worship. That means every single obedience is a worship. Every single obedience is a worship. Praise God. So he said in the vanity of that, having understanding darkened, being alien. So as long as the mind is the understanding is darkened, so it's not that you don't have understanding. See it but having understanding darkened. So it's not that the understanding is not there. It's just that the understanding that is there is a darkened one. Praise God. The understanding that is there is a darkened one. So when God's understanding comes, there's another understanding inside that can argue with God's understanding. That is called the carnal mind. Praise God. Praise God. Being, as a result of that darkened understanding, they are alienated from the life of God. Through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. So, as a result of that, what you give yourself, what a man gives himself to, is born out of understanding. So, you, a man cannot tell me 
that you are doing something you don't know what you are doing. You might not really know, no, no, but there's an information that fed that action. Praise God. Now, there are some people that God knows that if he brings a better information to them, they will refuse the other one. But there are some people, they love what is in them. Even when a time will come, some men will come. In the church Revelation chapter 16, they knew that it was God that was punishing them. But the Bible says, and they repented not. So people will get there, but we, we are not there yet. Praise God. We, we are not there. We will never get there. We will never get there. But some people can get there. I'm not there yet, too. And I tell you, I'll never be there. Just the Bible says that it cuts it short. He said, he said, but God, who is rich in mercy, but God, who is rich in mercy. So I was not there yet before he got me born again. If I was there, I won't, I won't, I won't get born again. So that's what I was saying. I'm not saying that I'm still good. <laughs> Praise God. So we were not there yet when the thing was caught. Praise God. When the process was cut short, we were not there yet. But some people will get there. Praise God. Now, it now says something. Verse 20. But ye have not so learnt Christ. If so, that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put concerning the former conversation the old man. Praise God. Everybody say the old man. The old man. The old man. Which is corrupt according to which corrupt according to the deceit of lust. Praise God. The old man who is corrupt according to what? The deceit of lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That spirit is small letter. Now, ah, can I even teach this thing? Jesus. When you say spirit, this small letter spirit here, this is not Holy Ghost. That spirit here is, you can use it as attitude. Attitude. Or... When I say, ah, when you go to, to a place and they behave in a certain way, you say, wow, they, they, that's the spirit of the house. You know? Because there's a way they, they behave there. You say, oh, that's the spirit of the house. Um, it's actually mannerism. Do you get it? Attitude. Mannerism. Another word I want to use that I can use that is very strong is law. Law that governs a place is the spirit of that place. Do you get what I'm saying? So, when the mind, the spirit of the mind is the law that governs the mind. Praise God. Praise God the Lord. So, there's law of sin and death. There's law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Those are both spirits. Do you get it? That spirit is the real teacher. Do you get what I'm saying? Aha. In the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on new man. Praise God. Everybody say, put on new man. Which after God is created in what? Righteousness. And what? True holiness. Praise God. Then how do you put on the old man? How do you put, how do you put on the new man? Whereby, how do you put off the old man? Whereby, put away, lying. How do you, okay, sorry, sorry. Let me just calm down, please. I feel rushed in my spirit. Please give me some time, please. Please, Pastor James, give me some time. I, I feel very rushed. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. 
I've been trying to work with the things. I said, let me talk. <laughs> Praise God. Verse 25. Let's read this verse 25 properly. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. So how do we put away lying? I want you to answer me. Read that scripture again, Anna. So, if you want to put away lying, what do you do? You speak the truth. Now, is he always comfortable speaking the truth? Praise God. Praise God the Lord. He's not comfortable speaking the truth. Really, sometimes the truth is against you. But the Bible says, speak the truth regardless. He said, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your other. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that steal, that stole, steal no more. But rather, let him labor. So how do you overcome stealing? By laboring. And giving. Praise God. So, when the Bible says that, he said, do no evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what Paul was saying there. How do you overcome evil? You do good. How do you overcome unrighteousness? Obey. How do you overcome unrighteousness? You obey righteousness. Praise God. Romans chapter 6. You what? Obey righteousness. Praise God. Ah, Kaliana, Savannah, Tobaina. Have we been blessed? Yes, I want to make sure that we have been blessed too. Yes. I don't want to be talkative here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 16, Romans 6 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself, servant to obey, is servant ye are whom ye obey. Praise God. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience, what? Unto righteousness. Praise God. But God be thanked that ye were the servant of sin. So we were the servants of sin. What does it mean to be a servant? You don't have any other choice. We just, we just sin. A sinner, a sinner that is singing praise and worship, he's sinning regardless. Do you get what I'm saying? As long as he has not given his life to Christ, everything inside him is sin. Praise God. He said, You were sinning of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. Praise God. Let's look at it properly. Ye have what? Obeyed from the heart. From the heart. That form of doctrine which was delivered you. Praise God. So, what is doctrine? Doctrine is teaching. So you obey doctrine to become servants of righteousness. It's not the day you got born again that you became a servant of righteousness. The day you got born again, you are called to come and be taught to be servants of righteousness. Praise God. Praise God. I speak after the manner of men, verse 19, because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servant to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, 
Even so, now yield your members, servant to righteousness, unto holiness. So the end of the stature is holiness, which is the true sanctification. When they say a man is sanctified, he has a stature called holiness. Praise God. For when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye when those things whereof ye were now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. But now be made free from sin and become servants to God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness. And the end, what? Praise God. And the end, what? Everlasting life. Praise God. So, the real work that God wants to give a man, the real work that God wants to give a man is called everlasting works. That was the work that God gave Adam in the beginning. But he fell short of it because of sin. Praise God. Now we are being sanctified to see that work. Praise God. We are being what? Sanctified to see that work. You have a question? Yeah, continue. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. So the first one, just to clarify that. So when we're talking about the law of life and Christ and the laws, so it means like to do righteousness, as long as we have that information, like what the scriptures, we don't necessarily have to wait for the Holy Spirit to tell us that now this is we should do good. Because the scripture already says that to overcome people, do, do so you already yeah. know what to do. Yes. So you don't have to wait for an instruction from the Holy Spirit that in this situation now, this is what you should do. Many times you don't have to. Because because of the word of God that is already inside you, the Bible says, he that knoweth what to do and doeth it not, is the one that sins. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So naturally, if you check it, like I was explaining the other time, I said, leading of the Spirit many times, leading. Hmm. It's not really, really because the Holy Ghost is telling you, giving instruction and say, go and do this. Actually, leading of the Spirit is that when Holy Ghost opens up the scripture to you and you now have understanding, eh, you have been instructed on what to do. Naturally. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? I can be reading a scripture and the Bible says, um, let go of all malice. That scripture can just open up to me. And it will just jump at me and this will start resonating inside me. Do you know what they are trying to tell you? The next time somebody insults you, you know what to do. Avoid malice. Does Holy Ghost need to come and tell you that one now? Do you get it? Now, in the place of maybe warfare, like you are struggling, Holy Ghost can now come and console you and say, this is what the word says and you have seen it. And now woo you to obey. But really, if to say that all things being equal, Holy Ghost does not need to come and tell you that. Because it's already clear in the scripture. Do you get what I'm saying? It's just that because of our struggle, Holy Ghost has to come and intervene many times. Do you get what I'm saying? So naturally, it does not need to come because the word is enough at that point. Do you get what I'm saying? And for every revelation, there's grace to carry out that, that revelation. Now, second question. Because, like, you see the different ways that people do 
times and times. They turn the scripture into a prayer point, mm-hmm. and they just quote it and then continue praying. And then, so I just wanted to uh, share my life. I will say, I will say, let me answer it like this. I will say that many times, eh, when we say we are praying with the word, uh, we should learn to actually give ourselves to the word a lot. Do you get? So that in the place of prayer, eh, Holy Ghost has things to work with. Praise God. So many times when we say we are praying with the word, eh? Sometimes, you know, lust can draw me to a scripture. It's possible. Let's say I want to make money. I can go to a scripture called it's one that gives me power to make wealth. But it's not only goes that led me to that scripture. It's because of my own lust. I opened that scripture because of my lust. Praise God. That gives me power to make wealth. And I now pray with it and pray with it and pray with it and pray with it. Do you get what I'm saying? Before God, I'm not really praying with the word. Do you get? But when the word of God is in me and it has become revelation to me, eh? when it has become revelation to me, something happens. By the time I'm praying, the world will be coming alive. The world will be coming alive. It's becoming alive. When you are praying with that word that is coming alive, that's actually the way prayer is. That's actually true prayer. That's the way prayer truly is. Praise God. Praise God. So when we are talking about, I've asked your question. Praise God. So, we overcome unrighteousness by doing righteousness. Praise God. Praise God to God. So you see where the soul is. The soul. The soul, the reason why the soul is struggling is because of covenants that the soul has agreed with. You know, Pastor Jesus has been preaching about Isaiah 28 for a while now. Hope that scripture is becoming alive more to us. Praise God. There are activities in the soul. That are called unrighteousness. They are covenants we have caught with, with. We have caught. We, do, we have. Uh, we have agreed with them. Holy Ghost has to come and make us disobey those agreements. By the time we disobey them, something happens to us. We are being cleansed. We are being transformed. We are being changed. Praise God. The time we come, every single covenant will be broken. Every single, every single agreement will be disobeyed. Amen. Then the Bible now says that he will, after all disobedience, after all the after all obedience, the Lord will now avenge all disobedience. God is waiting for us to fulfill all obedience. The time will come. Eh? Obedience will be a natural lifestyle to us. Amen. Very natural to us. That we won't walk with obedience anymore. Amen. Those are the men that God has called and chosen to do his works. Father Lord, we thank you for tonight. We give praise to you. We say thank you for tonight. Our Father and our King, we bless your name for the spirit of understanding that is here. The capacity to teach. Father, I have not seen myself as a man that can teach so much. But you have given grace tonight. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your glory. All glory and honor be to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for spirit of understanding. Father, Lord, we will be doers of the word in Jesus' mighty name. More hearers only in the name of Jesus Christ. Let grace and and power rest upon us Amen. that life will find full expression Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen.
just begin to pray in the spirit. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you praise. Shadabati kasayada batu meneketi shadaya. Ejibwa kalia setepedi shena mata yeti. Ejibwa kufada siyadabedoshi palada siyadabedoye. Jenderebedoshi. Asiyadabarata padishetebedeya. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Mata kasu prekete sitedeya. That the Lord will turn these words into understanding in our spirits. Jembroko to perish. Ezebreketi shadebei. Ebreketeshi da balaya. Eshadebedi jadebrekedosi edebedi shadebala kiazaya. Meto preketi jadebeto pai. Meto preketi jadebeto yedi. Meke poko to perish etebedi yada. Jibroko palata sikere bodo peti shadebedei. Jibroko palish etebedi. The Lord will bear to run into our souls, our spirits, even the understanding of sanctification. Shalata Kedebush, Emenisha Tatai, Emenetetu Palika Sayabaka. This book of righteousness, this book of sanctification, O Matai, that we open up the world more to us, my Father. You bring us understanding. Yeah, baby, you got it. 
का सायादार है For you see, there are many that are enemies of your soul. There are many that are against your growth. There are many that are against that which the Lord is doing in your midst. There are many that are against that which the Lord is building in your soul. There are many that are against that which the Lord is doing. But I come, I come, I am also many. I am also many. I come many, 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 many. I come in many places. I come as many. I come as many. For I will pour my spirit into your midst, and those things that were with your soul will diffuse. Mm-hmm. And I am coming with many things that are in me that will cleanse those things that have that has that has fought those things that have forced my things over time. I am coming with my grace. I am coming with my power. I'm coming with many, 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 many of my things. Many, many of my things. I'm coming with many, many of my things. For I have capacity in me to overcome those that trouble you. I have capacity in me to overcome those that disturb you. Those that disturb your growth. Those that disturb your journey. Those that disturb your rising. Those that disturb your end and your ascension. I come. I come with many. With many, many. Many, many things. Yeah, I come with a flood of many. Flood of many things. I will flood your soul with my waters. I will flood your soul with much of my waters. For I will cleanse you with the cleansing of my waters. I am coming with many waters. I am coming as many waters. I am coming with many waters. I am coming as many waters. 
I will pour into your soul till you are full, till you are full and your cup will run over. For I have said your cup will run over. Yes, 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 yes. It will run over many of my things. Many, many, many of my things. Things that are in me, things that are poured, things I'm pouring into you, things that are in me, things that I have kept, I have kept from ages past. I will pour them into you. For those are my things I will use to cleanse you. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, we're going to pray. Uh, thank God for that tongue because I didn't know how to turn out the next prayer point. Where is in that line? Can someone help me read uh, Hebrews chapter 5, the last verse? Um, Tony, if you, yeah, since here. Hebrews chapter 5, the very last verse. That was the thoughts they were trying to bet in prayer. We said we're going to pray this year, not so. Mm-hmm. Praise God until this thing's Mary, Go ahead. Okay, Hebrews 5, verse 14. Yes. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of that, that are of full age. Mm-hmm. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, exercised. to discern both good and good. Evil. You need many things for exercise. You know, that's, you know, exercise is a you know, is a, the as you train you are adding weights, adding weights. Exercise is a process of taking the many things of God. You now have to the exercise is what turns it out into a judgment or into an understanding. So you will need many things, many feastings, feast of fat things, full of marrow, wines on the least well refined. Uh, someone help me as that twenty five as well. Let's see that verse six. Because of the many things that the enemy has also done. And in this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, mm-hmm. a feast of wine on the leaves, of fat things full of marrow, full of, marrow. of well-refined wines on the leaves, mm. and will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast. You see that? So it will take many things to destroy the face mm. of the covering cast, because he too has done many things to us. Mm. And those many things that he did to us are intertwined with wisdom that he took our exercise to bet them. Those are covenants and agreements. Uh, you see, a, a covenant is a higher dimension of an agreement. A covenant is an interwoven agreement that has become something higher than an agreement by reason of use, by reason of exercise. So when a man, for example, begins to do unrighteousness or do evil, by the doing, he is now turning the understanding of evil to an exercise, to a covenant, or the agreement of it to a covenant. So the same way to undo that thing, the Lord will have to also bring many things that will cause us to use our senses to exercise with those things, to also produce a new covenant, to produce a new agreement, to produce um, or what the Lord will say. By the time you have come out of that exercise, you will now begin to you now be able to discern between good and evil. So it means that before that exercise, you were not able to discern between what? Good and evil. Praise God. So, so you know, when, so the reason, for, when you see the word, the word of God, for example, you open it. If you just take one face value, do you get me? That is one understanding. But as you gaze upon it and meditate upon it, what happens? It in, turns into a stature. It turns into, uh, you see the many sides, the f- many faces of Yahweh that will turn into a judgment for you. So I want us to pray. I want us to pray. 
even tonight, just next five minutes, we're going to be praying that this year, God will indeed send us a flood of many things. Flood of righteousness and all of us will engage our souls in exercise by his mercy. Let's begin to pray in the spirit. Mashete dikaya, evetopadi kaseya prakalato siyebeliya. Jibroko palakatizaya dabato kopedi kasiyedeye. Jibroko topedi kasiyede bedoko pali kazaya. Jete peto zibala kasiyede bedoko bae. Etapali shata, ebroko topaliye. Father, you will send, even according to your word, you will send us a flood. All of many things this year, Apollos here, and every so you engage for exercise in the name of Jesus to churn out your judgment, to churn out your judgment, to churn out your understanding. You will make us vast in your world, you will make us vast in your world this year in the name of Jesus. Exercise, reason of use, exercise. Oh, we'll exercise our senses this year. You will cause us, will cause us to commit, submit to your process of exercise. You will cause us to submit hearts, submit mind, submit souls, submit hearts, submit mind, submit our souls to the reason of exercise, to the process of exercise. Even this year, as many things begin to flood our hearts, you will cause submissions, you will cause submissions, submissions of the heart, submissions of the mind, submissions of our body, submissions of our spirit, even in the name of Jesus, even unto exercise. Lady, 
exercise of the books to churn out will. Mm-hmm. You see that descending good and evil. Say, Lord, I have come as is written of me in the volume. He didn't just say books. You know, it's not, those volumes are his Bible, but all those books, those things are, Genesis is a book. 
Genesis speaks about him. You can see it in Genesis chapter 49, talking about Judah, prophetic word about uh, Shiloh. You know, his hand shall be on, the, on his neck on the enemy. Praise God. Until Shiloh comes. It was prophesying about him. Isaiah is a book. Ezekiel is all these books, the volume of the books. Jesus exercised them to churn out direction, to churn out understanding, to churn out judgment, to churn out discernment between good and evil, to churn out the will of God. He took volumes to, for confirmation. That was Jesus. That's how Jesus did it. And that's the, that's the pathway of coming about direction. Is by the volume of the books. It means it go, you have to go through the process of exercise. Exercise by the many righteousness, by the many faceted word of God. You have to become vaster and grow to be able to churn out perfection of judgment and direction. I want us to pray that this year the Lord will make us fat. The Lord will make us fat with volumes. We'll become voluminous individually as a company. There will be so much fatness in the house. Let's begin to pray. There will be so much fatness in the house. Residents in this house, in this house, across Canada, from this house, there will be so much fatness, so much fatness of volumes. The Lord will open us up to the multiple faceted God. Many faces of Yahweh. We will see Him from every corner. We will see Him from every angle. We will become well-rounded. We will become well-rounded. We will become well-rounded. We will become judges. Amatopeli kasayadabaye. Mokopeliha. The Lord will begin to send for rain. The Lord will begin to send for rain. Volumes. 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 I say volumes shall begin to rest upon you, praise. Volumes shall begin to rest upon you, Tony. Volumes shall begin to rest upon you, Tony. Uh, Tolu. Volumes. Oh, you call all of us. Volumes will begin to rest upon us. Volumes. Volumes. Volumes of the books. Volumes of the books. To upgrade understanding. To upgrade leading. To upgrade judgment, to upgrade understanding, to upgrade leading, to upgrade judgment. We will walk even so more perfectly this year. In the mighty name of Jesus, we will walk even so more perfectly this year. In the mighty name of Jesus, upgrade, upgrade, upgrade us, upgrade us. To see all the sides of your world, to see all the fullness of your world, to see all the dimensions of your world, from your righteousness to your judgment to your sovereignty. Amato Gazaya, Galicia, you will cause us to be better again in all dimensions of your world. You will fatten us this year in the mighty name of Jesus. You will fatten us this year in the mighty name of Jesus. According to your word, according to your tongue and interpretation. Oh, many, many waters will rain upon this house. You will make us fat. You will make us exercised of word, exercised of your judgment, righteousness unto judgment, holiness, and even unto sovereignty. In the mighty name of Jesus. The sights of your wisdom, Ebetosia, the sights of your judgment, the sights of your knowledge, O Matthias Ayadai, O Metegikabaye, O Jibalatai, what your Bible calls, you will give us the knowledge of your will in all spiritual will. 
wisdom and understanding. All spiritual wisdom and understanding will rest upon us as a people. All spiritual wisdom and understanding will see from every side. You will engross us in fatness. You will lead us in judgment. You will In Jesus' name we are praying. You know, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, when he was now praying for them a second time, after praying for them that they have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, then they are journeyed by the Christ, by righteousness. Then Epaphras gave the testament concerning the Colossian church to the Paul, saying that, uh, that I have testified concerning their love in the spirit, which is charity. Then he now says, Paul now began to cease not to pray for them again. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in what? In all spiritual wisdom. That's what we're praying for. And understanding. God will give us that fullness. Those volumes. God will give us that, those faces. Those completions. Those sides. Those many sides. The many faces of Yahweh. The many dimensions of his word. It will be rest upon this house. From righteousness to judgment. We will move on to his sovereignty. Even his wisdom. Even the only wise God. Every dimension. All spiritual wisdom and understanding. You begin to bless us. You begin to bless us. It begins to rest upon the house. It he begins to rest upon the house. He begins to rest upon the house. For in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for Life Faith. Uh, we see you on Saturday. For most of us. Amen. Praise God. Uh, online. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, God bless you. And uh, shalom everyone. We wish you the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the sweet friendship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Shalom, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Amen. God bless you. Between the cherubim